Thank you so much for joining me. I had the privilege of being with many of you and talking and sharing this whole idea of marriage on purpose. I hope you enjoyed the event. I hope it was a moment of you recalibrating, if you will, and saying, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now today, we're going to follow up on that thought. I'm Dan Seaborn from Winning at Home, and I thank you for joining me as we take a look at an old Bible story and bring it into a new revelation, a new right, a new light for today, a new thought for today. And my goal today is to encourage you. Let me just say this. I feel like marriage has been under attack. We all have felt like we're under attack. There's this constant pressure, uh, a fear that's almost gripped our society. And today I want to show you that that fear is not uncommon. I want to show you, using a Bible story, that the thought of that fear is something that happened many years ago too. And then we're going to apply some of the principles that happened in the marriage of this Bible story to our life and move forward seeking to grow together in that thought. So I want to take you back 4,000 years. So if right now it's 2021, let's go back to zero, then go almost equivalent at the same time all the way back, okay, 2,000 years more back, and there's a story I want to tell you about a man named Abraham and his wife, Sarah. They lived in a time of fear. They had a lot of anxiety. There were issues they didn't know how to solve. Sounds just like 2021. And I'm going to share with you this story and show you some principles, interestingly, that worked then that also work now. This is very important. When I look at all the things I think sometimes I see in Christians, I watch Christians post things and I want to go, where's that fear coming from? Where's your anger coming from? Because when you realize that God is your foundation, and that's what I hope you learn through this simple talk, when God is your foundation, you're going to be fine. You say, but Dan, you don't know my marriage. You don't, you don't understand you know, the, the issues we're dealing with. That's, that's why we wrote the little book, Marriage on Purpose. Because in this book, what I'm sharing with you along with Dr. Peter Newhouse and Alan, the two other co-writers, is the thought that when you understand the foundation of what your marriage is built on, and that is to honor God. Your marriage is not about you. When you understand it's to honor God, then you get the concept of what God's looking for in a marriage relationship. And Abraham and Sarah, through some really weird stuff, figured that out. So what I'm going to do today is I want to take you to the beginning of the story, okay? This story is, by the way, in Genesis chapter 18. There's, there's lots of passages, 15, 16, 17, 18, I'll be talking from. But the part I'm going to share with you about is, is the man named Abraham. And the Bible said he was sitting outside his tent. So Abraham lived in tents. Him and Sarah, his wife, they traveled around and lived in a tent because that's what God called them to do. You can read the whole story, you'll see that. Abraham is sitting outside his tent. He has his head down, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but he's got his head down, and he's thinking, much like many of you probably have done in the last few weeks. Uh, sometimes with your marriage, here's what you do. I need to think about this. Man, i got to figure this out. That's exactly where he was. He was thinking. In order for you to really get what he was thinking about, i got to give you the backstory. So we're going to go from this spot of Abraham sitting in the heat of the day outside his tent. That's what it says in Genesis 18. And I want to take you back to what got him there. So let's go back about 15 years before that. Travel back a little bit. Uh, Abraham is in that tent, and it must have been another hot night, and he wakes up, 
and God tells him to go outside. So Abraham walks outside of his tent, and God tells him to look up at the stars, and he looks up, and he sees hundreds, if not thousands of stars. Imagine that, really dark, outside in the desert, looking up, no lights. And God says to him, Abraham, you're going to have a son, and your offspring is going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And the Bible says Abraham laughed because Abraham was older. And he's thinking, man, my wife and I have been married many years. We've tried to have a kid. He couldn't have a kid. His wife Sarah couldn't have a child. And, and they're struggling with that. Just like, say, I want to align this message with your life. Something in your life, something in your marriage, you go, we struggle with that. We don't know how to deal with it. We haven't figured out how to move forward on this issue. And, and if I said to you right now, well, God has a plan for you, you kind of laugh inside. That's what, Sarah, that's what Abraham did. Abraham laughed inside. Sarah laughed later. I'll tell you about it. But Abraham laughed inside. And he's like, okay, whatever, God. It hasn't happened so far. But he believed God because the Bible said it was credited to him. So he believed God even though it seemed kind of crazy. He goes inside. He tells his wife, Sarah, hey, um, God was talking to me, and he shared with me that we are going to have a child. So they try. For over a year, nothing happens. And then Sarah comes to him one day and says, I got an idea. Um, you know my maidservant, the lady that helps me with everything? Her name was Hagar. Uh, I, I think maybe God was wanting you to be with her, and she'll give you a son. Now, this reminds me how often when we're waiting for God, he seems to be a little slow and we want to get involved and we want to do something and we want to make something happen. Some of you may be in that very spot right now. Whatever it is you're dealing with in your I know the answer. I'll do this. Because God's timing it, it seems a little behind. And I want to say to you that they did that. Sarah went to Hagar her maidservant, who she previously had got along with, awesome, and said, hey, why don't you sleep with my husband? Let me just quickly say, for most of us, the answer for your marriage issue probably isn't going to be sleeping around, okay? But that's what she decided to do, and so she does it, and she does it as a little boy. His name's Ishmael. And after Ishmael was born, mm, Sarah and Hagar began to battle. They just didn't get along like they used to. Now, can you imagine all the conflict that would have created in that place? Can you imagine what Abraham dealt with? I mean, here I am with my wife, but I have a child with her servant, and just the conflict that would cause at the dinner table? Just think about all the different things that arose there, and that's where we find Abraham. He's sitting outside of his tent, him and Sarah have not yet have a, had a child. 16 years later. And he, the Bible says he was just thinking. And I think in my mind, I'm, I'm rolling this out in my mind going, what's he thinking about? I, I think he's thinking like this. Have I, I hope I've put God first all my life. I wonder, I wonder why he never allowed me to have a child with Sarah. I, I kind of wish I wouldn't have done that other thing because... It's caused some chaos now. In the shoot, life's got some stuff. Backstory. I kind of wish I could do over. Can you relate? Is there some stuff in your marriage today that you go, I'd like a do over? 
Yeah, Dan, four years ago. I, we don't want to talk about it. In fact, going to the next point, I don't want to think about this. Yeah, it's called life. And, you know, reaching the place in life where I am now, I got some things I look back and go, man, I could have done that a little better. I, I would have been more effective if I would have made that decision there. And many of you feel exactly that thought. And I want to come today and show you something really hopeful right here. Because Satan loves to beat us up about failures in our backstory. Because Abraham and Sarah, this dude who's called father of the faith, he has some troubles in his backstory. And I want to show you what happened. So he's sitting here outside his tent, heat of the day, head down. And the Bible says, you ready? This is a big part of this whole message, okay? The Bible says he looked up. Just, just right there is enough for me to camp on for a second with you. Some of you today, um, let me just tell you about your spouse, that one that's irritating you, that you're not getting along with. Look up a second. Just, just look up at me a second. What could God maybe be teaching you? Maybe he gave you this marriage on purpose. Maybe there are some depths in him you are going to discover that you didn't know existed. Maybe it's going to involve some of the things we talk about in the book, a little bit of listening, a little bit of talking, a little bit of prayer. All those things align when you're seeking the will of the Father. Not your will. <laughs> when we pray, we don't say, my will be done. We live, my will be done. But we pray, your will be done. And today I want you to look up and have a little bit of hope where you are right now. The Bible says Abraham looked up. Okay, sitting on the stool, looked up. Then he got up. He actually got up. There were three men coming toward him. Uh, they must have had some angelic features. He recognized, I believe, that they were men of God. One of them actually there in the scripture is called the Lord. And so... We don't know exactly who they are, but biblical scholars and that type of thing think three angelic features that come in human form to talk to Abraham. And he, and he sees them and he goes over to them. And he said, hey, God, thanks for coming. I mean, you know, Abraham was the king of social distance and he lived out in the desert. So he's happy, just like us right now. See somebody coming, yeah, and they don't have a mask on. Woohoo! You know, it's like, wow. So he sees them coming. And he begins to ask them, are, are you guys hungry? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're hungry. And he said, great, I, I, I'll get you something to eat. So he runs into the tent. Sarah, listen, these three guys came. Do me a favor. Make some bread. Make each of them a, a loaf of bread. Then he goes out into his field and he gets a young calf, which is a sign of reverence, a sign of killing the best he has to sacrifice for them. So he says to his servant in the field, can you cook this up? Can you get this ready? And they get it all ready. Gets the whole meal. Takes a little while. Gets it all ready. Brings it over to them. They're sitting down by a tree. And he says, here, you guys eat this. So they sit down and eat. And the Bible says Abraham was just standing watching. So just put yourself in the Bible story. Okay? So often we read these Bible stories and the sentences are like this, you know, he, like, for example, Abraham wanted to give them something to eat, goes into Sarah, gets to the boom, and, you know, you're two sentences later, you got all that done. Y'all know how long that took, right? Y'all get that took a while. My point here is sometimes in your life, these things I'm talking about today, we want to go from here to here, takes a while. Be patient with that. Persevere through that. 
he got the meal ready, and the three guys waited. And he took it over, takes it over to them. They begin to eat, and the Bible says he stood by a tree and watched them. So there we are. There's Abraham standing by a tree watching the three guys eat the food that his wife and his servant just prepared. So, as they're eating, the one described as the Lord looks at him and says, Abraham, we're going to come back and visit you next year at this time. Abraham's like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Got a year, something to look forward to. And then he says, and when we come, you and your wife Sarah are going to have a little boy. And the Bible says that Sarah, she was in the tent, okay? Sarah snickered, like inside. She didn't even, it wasn't even out loud, but she snickered inside. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did, why did Sarah laugh? And Abraham's like, I, I didn't hear. He goes, well, she laughed. Well, wait a second. So he runs over the tent. Sarah, why did you, why did you laugh when the Lord said that? And she said, I didn't laugh. It's a lie. It's a straight up lie. So Abraham goes back and says to the Lord, she didn't laugh. And the Lord said, yes, she did. I want to give you some great hope right here. Have you ever lied? <laughs> Have you ever, you ever done something? You go, that wasn't true, man. I hope the Lord doesn't know. Good news. He already knows. He forgave her. He had mercy on her. <laughs> there are times in our marriage where we do things, say things, regret things, and we think we, we think this to ourselves, God, God could never forgive and love me and let it go. Mm, yeah, he can. That's why God's God and you're just your. He can forgive and let it go. And in this story, that's exactly what happened. The Lord says to him, well, you, you are going to have a little boy. And just to show you how the Lord doesn't lie, we lie, we laugh, we snicker inside, right? There, there are things right now, when I say to you, some of you, hey, listen, in one year, some of you, that thing you're dealing with in your marriage, if you make the right decisions, if you do some of the things we've talked about in the book, if you will push forward in growing and learning and maturing in Christ, you're going to be at a different place next year. Inside, you're going, mm, okay, okay, preacher. Yeah, snickering inside. And I want to say to you, do not underestimate the Lord because that's one of the things the Lord looked at Abraham and said these very words. He said, Abraham, is anything too difficult for me? And I want to tell you today, I don't know your marriage. You might be rocking and rolling. You might be in the pit. I don't know. All between the two, no matter the situation, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Now let me say to you, very important you hear this. I applied that very principle in my life yesterday. Dealing with a situation. I don't like it. It's not easy. And I sat and thought to myself. I literally thought the thought. But nothing's too difficult for the Lord. I can get through this. And I want to tell you today. Don't you dare give up on the Lord. <laughs> it, will your spouse fail you? 100% yes. <laughs> Will the people around you fail? You got kids? Fail you? Mm -hmm. But the Lord will not fail you. Abraham and Sarah, look at their life. You know how old the dude was when this little boy named Isaac was born? 100! 100! She was 99! <laughs> okay? Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. So, 
I want to give you some foundational principles from that little story that I believe will always apply in life. Very important for you to understand why I shared that story. I'm using that story right now because I believe in our society. We just need solid truth. It's hard to find truth. Oh, you say you're finding it on social media? Where? Oh, Dan, I get it from the news. Really? <laughs> no. No, solid truth is hard to find. So I'm looking for something that worked 4,000 years ago and still works today. And let me tell you where that's found. Right here. In God's Word. It's where I go. It's where I find solidity. And that's what I'm telling you I want you to do today. And there's a few little principles that I want you to understand. And this first one, this is really big. I'm, I'm going to take my time and just kind of let it let it melt a little bit if I, if I can't into your mind, okay? Listen, listen to the first thought I would take from Abraham and Sarah's life that applies to your life too. God has a good plan. He is, he is revealing in your day-to-day life that is often invisible. Something right now that you're dealing with in your marriage relationship that you go, there's not, nothing good can come from that. Hmm. Do you think maybe Abraham thought that sitting on the... Do you think maybe when his head was down, when I told you the story started, do you think maybe Abraham was going, nothing good is going to come from this. I I had this baby with Hagar, and (laughs) it's called chaos in my family. How can anything good come from this? I would just say to you, keep reading the story. Like, I'm not going to read it all today. Keep reading. There's more crazy stuff happens in that story. Just go and read it. And watch how God works in sometimes almost invisible ways. That's going on in your life too. Some of you are experiencing something and you say, I don't, I don't like this. I, I don't like what we're going through. Maybe God's doing something you can't see. I challenge you to consider that today. This is depth. This little message I'm giving you, it's not trite. It's not the kind of thing you go, oh, that was really cool. This is going to require some thinking. This is going to require some processing. This is going to require you sitting alone and going, where could that apply to my life? And then owning that. And all that stuff I've talked about, those that backstory, those issues there, if there's things there you need to own, own them. Take responsibility. If you need to look at your spouse today and say, you know, I've been I, I, I've withheld I've withheld that from you or I've held that against you, all that stuff. Just say it. Like like verbally, I'm sorry. Share those thoughts. Share those things. Allow there to be forgiveness. That that's a chapter in the book. Read about it. Read about asking for forgiveness and then forgiving each other. These are big things. I'm telling you. Abraham and Sarah had to have some forgiveness moments. They're human beings. So God might be writing and doing something in your life that you can't see. And I challenge you, keep holding true to the foundational principles that worked 4,000 years ago. Okay? Don't get caught up in cultural coolness. Do what works over the course of hundreds and thousands of years and you will not regret it in the end. Principle number two, press into God on the good days and the bad, and it becomes more and more visible. Press into God on the good days and the bad, 
and it becomes more and more visible. The book Marriage on Purpose starts with the thought that I want you to pray, that I want you to seek God. I'll tell you this right now. Um, you won't get that message anywhere else. You know, you're not going to go onto the news and hear them say, you know what the real hope for us is? Prayer. You're not, you're not going to get, oh, they'll pray if somebody dies. Hey, let's, got it covered. Okay, good. We give God silent moments when tragedies happen. But other than that, got, got no time for him. So what does that tell me you got to do? You got to be intentional about getting time with God. You got to want it. Um, I would just say to you today, maybe you're in a spot in a situation that, that, that you don't know exactly what to do and you've Googled it. <laughs> That's what we do. We Google it, check it out. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll post on social media a question that everybody will respond. <laughs> okay, that ought to give you some clarity. I <laughs> doubt it. Chaos. And that makes sense. I don't know if you remember in John chapter 15, 16, 17, the story of Jesus talking a lot about why he came to this earth. And one of the things he says is, um, the world brings chaos. I, bring, I came to bring peace. You need peace today. You need solidity today. Then I challenge you to go to God with stuff first. Not third, not eighth, not when nothing else works. Go to God first. And here's why. Time spent with God will never return void. I go and pray on Tuesday morning with a bunch of guys. I've done it a little over 25 years, I think. So I get up on Tuesday morning. Not everyone, but most Tuesday mornings I go to this time of prayer. And I go by myself, spend a lot of time by myself, then pray with guys for about 45 minutes. I have never left that time, like leaving, okay, going and getting my car. I've never walked to my car and thought, boy, that was a waste, ever. Never have I left going, wish I hadn't have done that. Wish I hadn't spent that time with God. I have never had that thought or feeling. In fact, I always leave with my spirit. Not always, you know, chill bumps, but but definitely upbeat. More of a, if I'm dealing with stuff like, okay, I, I can do this. On the opposite side of that, I have met with people. <laughs> had a lunch appointment, came to my office. You know, I want to talk something through. I've met with people, and when they leave going, hmm. That wasn't in my favor. That was not beneficial. People are not your answer. Certainly, they can give you help and guidance. Absolutely. But God is the place where you can go to spend time and walk away and go, that was really, really helpful for me. So I want to challenge you to get more time with God in your marriage relationship. Be intentional about it and make sure it happens. I talk about it a lot in the book and because... I believe when I first started winning at home, I felt like the Lord laid this idea of having couples pray, you know. And everywhere I go, everywhere I speak, it's the one thing. If you do an event with me, it's the one thing you'll walk away from. You'll always hear this idea of being with the Father. And I'm telling you, as I age especially, it's even more that way. It's even more because I'm discovering it's where I find my richness, my value, and my identity. Uh, we live in a world right now that, you know, where, what's your identity? Yeah, explain yourself. You're this, 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 or this. Let me just tell you, if you're, if you're watching this today, let me tell you what you are. A child of God. You're, he created you. You're his son or his daughter. And I want you to understand because he loves you. He longs for a relationship with you. He longs for your marriage to experience oneness with him. And I challenge you to make sure you're getting that time with God and seeking the Lord together. And as you do that, 
you're really begun, going to begin to understand that your marriage has purpose. Abraham and Sarah learned that, and the story was not easy. We are learning that 4,000 years later in our personal and individual lives. The whole goal of this is to help you realize that your marriage has significance and it is on purpose. And my challenge for you is to continue to grow in that. I hope you will take these thoughts, these themes, these ideas, and apply them to your life. I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, Before I do that, I'm just going to give a couple of thoughts, a couple of ideas, a couple of questions I want to leave in your mind. So before I pray, here's a couple of things I want to share with you. So here are a couple of those thoughts and questions. Number one is this. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about where in my life, like Abraham and Sarah, where in my life do I sometimes rush ahead or think I need to fix it when it relates to an issue in my marriage? Because it's so easy sometimes in prayer to think we need to figure out how God needs to align with us. And it's just the opposite. We need to align with God. And quite often, his timing does not align with ours. Something that you go, well, I need the answer. I need it by next Tuesday. I think many times God goes, oh, baby, this is going to be an opportunity to deepen them. (laughs) And I want to tell you today that there might be uh, that thing happening inside you watching this today where you go, yeah, yeah, and I want this done by tomorrow. No, don't do that. Remember? Remember in the story, the Lord said to Abraham, I'm going to come back in a year. So, I want to say to you, what would happen if we come back in a year to see if you've aligned more with God's timing and with what he wants to do? Now, that's probably going to mean question number two. How can I personally spend more time with the Lord? And then I'm going to apply that to you as a couple. But number one, maybe you've been watching and you really aren't a person of faith or you're new to this thought and this idea, I want to first of all say that's so awesome you took time to watch this because I'm a guy who's just spent time with the Lord over the years and I remember when I initially began that relationship, that wasn't necessarily easy. So what does it mean to spend time with God? Don't get in your head that it just means praying and reading the Bible. That is so common. You know, when people say, I want to connect with the Lord, praying and reading the Bible, of course those are huge I would tell you they're massive because the Lord's word is where he speaks to me so many times. So reading passages about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the first books in the New Testament. Read some of those stories. I also like to read in Psalm. I literally took Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. That's a passage by a book in the Old Testament. And the passage at the beginning, they just talk about growing deeper in the Lord. I took them one verse at a time. I literally read one verse a day. Your time with the Lord does not have to be this massive, all-encompassing, everything's got to be covered out of guilt. Look, I don't want you going and spending time with the Lord out of guilt. I want you to do it because you want to connect with Him. Take it easy, one step at a time. And let me just throw this out there. One of my, two of my best ways to connect with the Lord, one of them is in the summertime riding my motorcycle, just by myself on my motorcycle, riding, talking to the Lord. In the wintertime like this, I like to go to a gym and shoot hoops. Like, like play basketball. You say, really? Yeah. Because in that moment, I'm just relaxed. I'm talking to him. I'm having fun. I'm shooting threes, shooting free throws. Connect with him where it works for you. I, I just would say that to you. Invite him into that place that you, Dan, I enjoy doing this anyway. Great, invite the Lord in there and let him spend time with you. You'll find that to be a beautiful experience. And for me, 
people people don't hardly believe when I tell them I love those two things. That's some of the places I get some of the sermons the Lord puts in my heart. You mean you aren't reading the Bible under a tree? Nope. Shooting hoops. So you connect with where the Lord connects with you. And then secondly, I want to give you some steps as a couple to do that. I talked about praying together. I talked about those sort of things. So that's not only investing time yourself, but as a couple. That can be really scary. <laughs> the average guy watching me right now says, hey, I want you to pray with your wife. What? That's freaky. Yeah, I've never done that. I know. So I would invite you to do some simple things, like maybe you just hold hands sometimes, and it's not even out loud. You just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to pray for a moment for us as a couple. Great. Whatever you're comfortable with. Um, the chapter in the book will give you some guidance on that. And I want you to know those simple first steps. Talk to each other. Maybe you do this. Hey, is there anything that you're dealing with today in your life, whatever, at work, home, whatever, that I could pray for you about? Simple. It's really what well, it requires talking, which is in the book. It requires listening, chapter in the book. So these are simple little steps I want to invite you to take. And then I want to say to you, this is kind of a hook from the book right here, okay? I'm going to wrap up by saying, in chapter 2, we talk about working on you. <laughs> it would be easy to watch this message and go, I know everything they need to do now after listening to that. Don't go there. Abraham could have sat on the stool and said, Sarah's got some problems. She can't have kids. She's got all these issues. Boy, Sarah, 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 Sarah. I wish I'd have married Hagar. <laughs> no. That's not the answer. Abraham needed to look at Abraham and say, what can I do? I need to look at me. I need to work on me. There's some great guidance there as to how to do that. I want to invite you to step into that idea and that thought. It's called working on you. Take that step. These are simple things. At Winning at Home, our whole organization is designed to give you practical biblical insight, help you grow in your family life. That's what I've tried to do today. I hope you can take these simple thoughts, these simple ideas from the life of Abraham and Sarah and now from your life. And you look and go, wow, I'm not so different than 4,000 years ago. And someday your children in 20, 30, 40 years, I hope, will go, hmm, they gave me some good principles to apply. I'll try to apply these to my life as well. That's what it is. We're, we're in our spot trying to love and serve the Lord. That's what I'm doing today. I'm sharing this message with you because I'm just trying to fulfill what God gave me as a calling. And I hope my words have come across loving. I hope they've come across kind. I hope you've felt engaged into the power of what can do, what God can do in your marriage on purpose. So be open to that today. And may the Lord be with you. And as I said, I just want to close praying over you. So Father, today I just... I just ask your guidance into some next steps for all those who are watching. I don't even know the scenario where they're watching this right now. Could be they are in a full setting of a church. Could be they're in their car. Could be they literally are sitting in their house laying in their bed, wherever they are today. Would you speak into their spirit with the power and the anointing of the Lord? Lord, you... You made us so you know what connects best with us. Take some words as fallen as I am. Take some of the words I've shared and, and let someone take and apply that to their personal life, working on themselves, and then applying it to their marriage, working on it together. We give this to you. 
We pray you would bless us, you would help us, you would use this for effective ministry. And just thank you for the privilege I have of sharing it. And now we ask your power over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to watch this short thought on how you can become more like Christ and your marriage can be on purpose. If you'd like more information, I'd love you to go check it out at our website, winningathome.com.